Voice Coaches Radio. Everything voiceover. Hello and welcome once again to Voice Coaches Radio. I'm Warren Garling. And I'm Mike Spring. A couple of weeks ago we talked about how Mike was just fresh back from Comic-Con. Have you recovered yet now, two, three weeks later? You know, I, I feel like the answer I should give would be yes, I have recovered, but I honestly don't think I have. <laughs> I'm still really tired. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, you did I mean, a I, lot in like four days. I did, yeah. I did. And then I came home to a house full of kids and dogs, so that might have something to do with it, you know what I mean? <laughs> it could it's be. not like I've been kicking back, relaxing, you right. know. Well, but. we're happy that you went because you came back with some uh, terrific interviews. And uh, one of them today we're going to share uh, with our listeners is with uh, Andrea Romano. Tell him, uh, tell everybody who Andrea is. Well, Andrea is um, just, she's an amazing lady for one. Um, we actually did do an interview with her last year, but we have some different circumstances this year. I'll explain in a minute. But um, Andrea is the is the casting director for Warner Brothers Productions um, and is basically like, if there is a legend in voiceover casting, it is Andrea Romano. <laughs> cool. I mean, she has cast literally every, if you name an anime show that's come out in the past 20 years, chances are good she was the casting director for it. And also the voice director. So not only does she cast the parts, but then she directs the movies. She directs the talent as well. I mean, wow. every Batman and Justice League cartoon, the new Turtles cartoon, uh, Airbender, the new one, the Legend of Korra that's on Nickelodeon that's a real big hit. I mean, everything you can think of she has done. She really is like a legend in this industry, and she's just a fantastic lady. So, and and she makes herself very accessible, which is what I like. Yeah, she's great. Yeah. She's always happy to talk to people, and right. um, and she's very forthcoming and and very friendly. And um, so this year, uh, in addition to being part of a roundtable interview, which is where there's several journalists, um, I also got to speak to her one on one. So I got to ask her some questions directly. Uh, excuse me. Excuse yes. me. You're calling yourself a journalist now? <laughs> excuse me. Excuse wow. Me. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, you know, in, in when I'm uh, when I'm part of the press, uh, you know, cool. core yeah, at yeah. Comic Con, then yeah, I'm a journalist. You told me, you know, you go for these things because you want to meet these people. Well, that's true too. But you know, it sounds better when I say journalist rather than you know, <laughs> fan. I'm, I'm a geek with a tape recorder. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, but again, she's she's uh, real easy to talk to and and was able to answer you know some of your questions. Started as a roundtable, but then got into a one on one. Yes. Is that what you did? Yeah. Yes, basically. So here's Mike Spring talking with Andrea Romano one on one. Obviously, you cast amazing casts for your movies, but you also get amazing performances out of them. So, what's your secret as the director? What do you do to, to bring out the best of your talented casts? I try to create an environment where the actors feel really comfortable to explore and play and be silly if that's what's required, or weep if that's what's required. And I, I let them all know that I promise them I will never let their voice go out sounding bad. I will. We cast them if I have to, right. because I, there's no point in my embarrassing an actor or making them do lesser work than what they're capable of. I also was an actor many years ago, so I know their process, and I can sympathize with what they're dealing with every day, driving to five auditions, going to two or three gigs, getting the kids from school, doing all that stuff. And so I have a great respect for them, and I think they sense that. And so we have a very nice working uh, energy back and forth because I need to get from them certain work, and they need to get from me certain encouragement, and I'm happy to give that. Do you approach different casts or different actors different ways, or do you sort of have a blanket approach to how you direct people? Um, I start with a blanket approach and then deal with each person individually. If I see they respond better to a certain kind of encouragement, then I'll do that. If I see that they need to be coddled a little bit more, I'm happy to do that. If I see that they're nervous, 
I joke with them until they're loose and comfortable. So you have to deal with each actor individually. And and another important part of casting is making sure that I put together a bunch of people. It's kind of like putting together a party. Mm -hmm. Who's going to have fun together? What's going to be a good group together? Who's going to bring something to the party? Who's going to be you know comfortable with the other guests? Mm -hmm. And that's an important part of casting. So I, I, I try to do that. I throw a good party too. I bet you do. <laughs> You mentioned earlier the kind of the unsung heroes, the non-celebrity voice actors, and I just wanted to kind of find out, like, you know, what's the difference between working with celebrities and non-celebrities, and, and what do the, the you know, the non-celebrity voice actors bring to the table that might be a little bit different? For the most part, uh, the rank-and-file voiceover actors are, are very versatile. They know that they can get more work, they can make a living doing this exclusively based on how many different voices they can do and how versatile they are. And But uh, on-camera actors don't typically have to deal with the voice. They may have three or four characters that they do. Comedians may have more voices because they do voices or impressions or whatever. But they are the truly unsung heroes because their names may not mean anything to anybody, but if people hear their voices, they'll go, I have heard that voice before. I know that. That's a familiar. It's comforting mm -hmm. to people to hear those. So people, now, recently, because there's been more DVD extras and people are shown on camera and there's behind-the-scenes stuff, they are rank-and-file voice actors are getting known, like John DiMaggio. Right. They, he didn't really have a massive on-camera career, but a really remarkable voiceover career. Absolutely. So they're more and more uh, in the public eye. Right. But there are still people who don't want to. They don't want people to see them. They, mm -hmm. they, they like their anonymity. They like the fact that they go into a very, very beautiful restaurant and nobody will bug them. <laughs> they can afford to go right. to a very, very expensive restaurant, but they don't have to worry about people bugging them to get an autograph. Right, right. Since this is the first animated movie that's set in the, the new 52 universe, did you approach casting any differently than you've traditionally cast, or was it pretty much the same process Pretty as much usual? the same process. I look for, we all look for, just the best possible voices. And, and I, I'm looking forward for someone to tell me how many times now that I've cast Batman. I was wondering. I huh. think it's somewhere <laughs> around 17. Yeah. Different, whether it's like in a, a Batman that had another Batman in that episode, but it's it's up there. It's yeah. in the teens, for sure. Is it challenging trying to find new people to play the same Heck character yeah. all the time? Heck yeah. It was challenging the first time, <laughs> right. you know? And it's such an, everybody's got an opinion about what they think. You know, if they grew up reading the comic books, in their head they heard a voice. And I'm supposed to find that voice that makes everybody happy and so it's a very hard uh, responsibility and I, I take it seriously I, I figure if I can please myself because I'm very you know critical of that mm -hmm. that if I do a good job and I'm satisfied that hopefully the majority of the fans a lot of uh, voice acting is, is usually you know actors recording alone in a booth. Uh -huh. When you work on an ensemble piece like this, do you ever get them all Lots. in together? Okay. As many. I, I wish I could say all. And whenever I can do all, it's a beautiful thing. It's so nice because the actors can react off of each other mm -hmm. rather than reacting to me reading them into the line. Mm -hmm. um, and I did have quite a few of them in the room at the same time for this. But you know, with all these actors on so many different series and so many projects, I could get so few of them. But what I do is when I when I finally cast it, I look at what scenes actors have to together mm -hmm. and those are the ones that I try specifically to get in the room at the same time doesn't always work right. but and we do have that kind of fail safe of the ADR down the line so when I can look at it and say boy this one say we're in a scene that plays like this and the one actor is talking just like this and the other actor is talking like this and it sounds like why is he yelling at that guy <laughs> they're only a couple feet away so we have to go back in an ADR and right. fix the, the, the right. So you've, in, in your career with working with DC Warner Brothers, you've sort of become like the superhero casting goddess, if you will. I mean, you <laughs> Thanks, cast man. every superhero on the planet. Have you found it important to kind of, you know, immerse yourself in the comic books and all the source material at all, or do you sort of approach when it there independently? Is a, when there is a very specific 
source material that is that it comes from a, a graphic novel or a series of comic books certainly I read them and and, and there's certain things like Dark Knight Returns that's literally there were pages of that comic that I could just show to the cast and mm -hmm. say here's what's going to happen because mm -hmm. it looked almost like the storyboard that yeah. we drew right. so that was really nice to have that source material um, so when I can do that it's it would be irresponsible of me not to at least examine that right. and and right. have that because I know the fans are they are really aware of it <laughs> yeah. and so I, I try to but, but at the same time I want to bring my sensibility to it which tends to be a slightly more feminine uh, viewpoint so that not just the male fans but also the female fans will find something and, and that tends to be the more emotional scenes right. that, not the action scenes not the fight 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 stuff because that takes care of itself I've got such there's such brilliant animators working on it I don't have to worry about that right. stuff but the, but the things where say for example in this piece where um, uh, Vic, Victor is talking to his father and he's going dad are you ever going to come to one of my football games don't you I thought for sure you were going to show up and, and letting the actor get emotional probably isn't what a male director would do right. and I wanted to bring that to him because we all have those issues with our folks like are you, aren't you proud of anything I'm doing you know I've accomplished this and you know there were scouts in the audience tonight dad and you weren't there. It was a big empty seat in the stand. So I like to bring that aspect of it. Wow. I think I'm going to have to rethink that whole journalism crack a few ah, moments ago. Thank that, you. That was thank pretty you. good. See, I asked the hard-hitting questions, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that's terrific. Uh, again, uh, whenever we can share this sort of information uh, you know, with folks that are interested in any type of voice acting, we're going to do it. And Mike's going to go to the ends of the earth or to New York City. <laughs> or to New York City, at least. Right? <laughs> yeah, to, uh, to get the info. Well, getting started in this fun business of voice acting is as easy as watching for our Getting Paid to Talk class to come to a university, college, school, or recreation program near you. It's an introductory evening adult education class designed to give you the real story of what voice acting is all about today. And we could offer it in a city or a town near you soon. That's right. The week of November 18th, we've got classes scheduled in almost 30 locations from the Rocky Mountains to the Atlantic Ocean. What am I singing? This land is your land. <laughs> That's what I was thinking as I was writing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, so look for us in Pueblo, Gunnison, and Durango, Colorado, Flagstaff, Douglas, and Phoenix, Arizona, Chicago, Illinois, and Franklin and Merrillville, Indiana. We'll also be in Beverly, Middleborough, Carlisle, and Salem, Massachusetts, if it's still there after the you know Halloween holiday there. Uh, Miamisburg, Ohio, Plano and Dallas, Texas, Shreveport, Louisiana, and Casanova, Cortland, Fayetteville, Liverpool, and Port Ewan, New York. You may find out when and where we'll be near you by calling 866-887-2834. Or you can email us at podcast at voicecoaches.com. Don't forget, we're always interested in your comments, your questions, and your topic suggestions for our little podcast here. You can use that same email address for those, and you can feel free to follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook, and you'll make all your friends jealous if yeah. you're pro close personal friends with us on there, there Twitter and Facebook. Absolutely, yeah. All your friends who have no idea who we are. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Hope you'll join us next week. Visit voicecoaches.com for more voiceover news and information. Of course, I forgot we were going to do this, and I just ate a couple of um, Reese's uh, uh, peanut butter cups. And it's got chocolate in it, which is yeah. dairy. Good form there, Warren. Yeah, you like nice. that? Way to set an example for our students. <laughs> uh-huh. Just do what it's, Warren says, folks. Don't do Halloween. what he does. Halloween. I just happen to have a bag of that stuff in my yeah, desk Yeah, I know. Drawer. It's a good thing yeah. we're recording today, because tomorrow, I'll tell you what, I'll be eating candy all day. <laughs> I'm going to be fat this weekend. I mean, you know. 
fatter than I am now. <laughs> I'll come rolling into work on Monday. Yeah. <laughs> it's Halloween. Somebody pushed me into the door. <laughs> okay, so I have no idea how to get into this. I think you say that every single week now. Have I probably do. I, you know, I may. Yeah. You know, because I, we do come in here pretty much without an idea. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> without a clue. Without a clue, <laughs> as they say, and something happens. Yes. Magic. Um, Magic happens. Yes. So. Uh, unlike about uh, 40 years ago when I interviewed Neil Diamond, it accidentally erased the interview before I got a chance to you, play it on the radio, and there was nobody else with a recorder that night. Didn't you really? I really did. Oh, I'll tell uh, you that story sometime. I haven't told you that story? Uh, maybe you did, but. Yeah, yeah. Holy oh, cow. It's a, oh, it's a crazy story. Yeah. And and there had been another radio station there, but he didn't stick around long enough for the interview that I did you know, with Neil. And so Who skips it was, out it on a Neil great. Diamond interview? Well, I'll tell you. Uh, again, it's, it's a long story, All but right. I'll tell you, you know, how it, why it happened. Happened that way, and uh, and and how I managed to you know completely you know lose the interview after having stayed up late to get the interview. That's awesome. Yeah, it was fun. And you know, to this day, I bet Neil Neil Diamond is still man. I gave that guy, yeah, exactly, I gave him yeah. my heart and soul exactly. in that interview, and yeah. he erased it. And then and then it never got played on that one thousand watt radio station in <laughs> Saratoga Springs, New York. Still, you know, Neil knows, man. He yeah, knows. Yeah. So first, real before I finish up, I just want to mention, I don't know if you caught that at the very beginning of that, you started off with like this Hoyt Axton voice and you were like, we'll also be in Beverly, Middleborough. It was, I can't even go that deep. It was awesome. We'll also be in Beverly. Second of all, Miamisburg, really? Yeah. Miamisburg. Miamisburg like Miami, Burg, they're like, Ohio. oh, we can do Miami one better. We, Check this out. Make it a burg in Ohio. Miamisburg. Yeah. yeah that's, that's an improvement. <laughs> all right. Chris knows to cut all this part out, doesn't yes, he? Yes, he does. But we'll be back next week to try to earn, earn more of your trust. Hope you'll join us then. Try to earn more. I don't of know your where that trust. came from. I that didn't. That's not going to use that. <laughs> don't, don't use that. I wasn't planning on it. I was like, what? What are we a bank? I, I, no, like, no, a politician. No. But that's okay because we don't know who you are either. Is that does that work? Sort of. I, it kind of sounds a little rude. Yeah, probably. Like that's does. all right. We don't know you, and um, we don't give a squat. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> You're just anonymous listeners. We don't need you. We don't need anybody. We got a microphone in a recording studio. And the internet. I was famous once. I could have been somebody. I hosted a podcast for 72 years. Oh, I don't know how to end this. Gosh, okay. It's the simplest. It's like one line you do it every we do, week. We do, yeah, and and every week it some you know not eludes me, but you right. know, every once in a while I can't right. quite get there. Okay, and it, you know it, it's I could just say, hope you'll join us next week. There you go. <laughs> you like that? Yes. Okay. Chris, a- Chris, find something to use out of that mess. <laughs>